Welcome back to Notice That, an EMDR podcast where two licensed professional counselors and approved EMDR consultants discuss the latest research and resources for trauma treatment and EMDR therapy. Welcome back to Notice That. We're in the studio today with the three of us, Jen Bridger and myself, Melissa. Before we get going, we want to remind you guys about uh, the retreats that we offer here at Beyond Healing Center. And we are booked for 2020, and so we're starting to book for 2021. So if you or any of your clients uh, would benefit from a healing retreat, which who doesn't benefit from a healing (laughs) retreat? Um, Yeah, come and be with us for three to five days. And uh, we do EMDR. uh, We do massage therapy, yoga therapy. We've added for 2021, we're adding equine therapy to our healing retreats, which is super Mm -hmm. exciting. Amazing. And uh, you can get all the details and the information about those healing retreats on our website, which is www.beyondhealingcenter.com. And you can look at a PDF that uh, just goes through all the details of what we do and uh, answers a lot of the basic questions that you would have. But please come and join us. And so send us uh, an email if you have any questions about um, how to book or any questions about what you could expect from a healing retreat. And we would love to connect with you around that. Um, So today we've got a really fun topic (laughs) that we're all very excited to talk about. Um, It's a little bit of a twist on something that we've, you know, mentioned casually and in passing, but we're going to do a deep dive on it today. And that is left brain versus right brain interweaving. Mm. And uh, how I know, right? Um, And so this is something that we spend a lot of time talking about here at uh, Beyond Healing Center because it's at the the basis of the model of therapy that we use. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, Bridger, I'm just going to hand it over to you and let you talk about this because this is something that you're very passionate about. Yeah. And if you'll start with just a quick, like, left brain, right brain, Uh Mm -hmm. just uh, description of that. I think we hear about that a lot and just regular, well, us therapists hear about it a lot anyway. (laughs) A lot of people are familiar with what left brain, right brain is, but specific to trauma processing and Mm -hmm. how trauma is processed in that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think a whole, you know, many, many podcasts have been recorded on this already. So do do a, a search into your favorite podcast provider for somebody named Ian McGilchrist. Um, and you will find tons of resources on new discoveries into the integration of the left and the right hemisphere in the brain. So just for our purposes today, um, there has been, you know, classic uh, almost personality test type language around hemispheric distinctions before. Well, he's a left brain person. She's a right brain person or, you know, these these kind of broad generalizations used to um, really limit uh, somebody to an analytical mindset, which is stereotypically the left hemisphere, or a creative and artful uh, personality, which is stereotypically the right. And you're going to hear me use that stereotypically because what uh, Ian McGilchrist, who is a, a neuroscientist and a poet, which I love that. Um, <laughs> quite the combination. Quite the combination. Mm-hmm. Background in creative literature and neuroscience. So that sounds incredible. That sounds like a life goal. That just sounds, saying. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I want my legacy to be. <laughs> but uh, um, that... The, the work that he's published and now uh, the master and his emissary, his kind of seminal work is in uh, its second um, publishing, which is really exciting and now has an anniversary edition. But he basically went through and with, I mean, scrupulous detail, uh, started 
amassing the research on the um, sort of specializations of the hemispheres of what they actually do. Um, the asymmetry of the brain is what it's called. And this research really started to, um, you know, have a political tone to it because there were groups that would say that it's all, you know, uh, these are just sort of arbitrary distinctions. The whole brain is involved in everything. Mm -hmm. um, we don't need to make these sort of uh, distinctions from left to right hemispheres. And uh, Miguel Chris comes along and says, actually, they, they are very unique. Um, and actually they're a structured hierarchy that's supposed to be um, biologically present in um, higher mammals, mm -hmm. uh, specifically in humans. So how this becomes relevant, sorry, like that was a preface, but how it becomes relevant to us in therapy is our hemispheres hold um, greater capacities for different tasks. Mm -hmm. um, and this will go as slow as possible because this might be new to a lot of us, but um, though both hemispheres are involved in everything you do, they are wired to hold a greater capacity for specific tasks. So one easy example is putting together language. The left brain, the left hemisphere, um, holds the Broca's area and the uh, different, different structural regions that are specifically designed to move thoughts into intelligible phrases and thus produce a consonant language. Um, the right hemisphere, on the other hand, is a, uh, is a speechless hemisphere as McGilchrist would say. Voiceless. That, yeah, voiceless, mm -hmm. which is to say that it it has all of these capacities, but it's not too interested in articulate speech. It's more so just wanting to amass these huge ideas and these, uh, that's why it's called the creative hemisphere, because it, it has so much potential to move and shape and incorporate newness and novelty. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it basically kicks that over to the left and says, good luck making sense of that. Um, come back for <laughs> Try more Try to explain later. that. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So um, these are all, you know, we're just scratching the surface of the surface here when it comes to understanding the distinctions between the left and right hemisphere. But as it pertains to EMDR, and we can kind of open up the conversation more into, you know, you've been doing this as an EMDR therapist your entire life practice um, interacting with both the left and the right hemisphere yeah. and different interweaves if you think back to your basic training are designed to integrate the brain um, they you know that language may not be explicit in your training but the idea behind EMDR is to um, bring together these um, capacities for different tasks for the sake of healing um, in the left brain, you know, that's where a lot of our talk therapy is pointed. But when we do body scans and things like that, we're recruiting the resources of the right hemisphere to help us make sense of how all of our senses can come together to explain the, the shift that trauma created. And then in processing, we start to take that apart and examine each piece as, you know, is this really what we need to be, um, uh, what we need to have at the center of our um, mindset when, when it comes to a triggered response or a flashback or, or 
you know, whatever it might be, but is this um, response fitting what we actually need to be carrying out mm-hmm. as yeah. a person recovering from trauma? Mm-hmm. I think it's the interweaves, but also just the process of EMDR in general. Every phase, assessment, um, there's different components of pulling from the right hemisphere, left hemisphere, activating each yeah. one mm-hmm. as we're moving into processing. So the experience of trauma itself is very disintegrating yes. in the brain. Yes. And we, we utilize EMDR as a process of reintegrating. Yeah. And I want you to, to I want us to talk a little bit about what disintegrating means, Mm -hmm. because I think it'll help people really make sense of, oh, this is why we get this hijacked feeling Mm -hmm. um, in a traumatic response. It's actually, it's actually specific to the brain structure and how they come apart Mm -hmm. in trauma that because of the overwhelm that that situation created, um, our brain started to be rewired in a way that wasn't for the sake of expansion and flourishing, but was more so geared towards safety right. and just survival. Mm-hmm. It, it plummets to the bottom of Maslow's hierarchy. Mm-hmm. We're just concerned in our brain with basic survival needs. Uh, we still don't believe that we're actually safe. Yeah. I think one of the things that makes this really <clears throat> excuse me, clear is when we go through something traumatic, the way that our brain shuts down in response to that. And so the first thing to sort of go offline and shut down is the left uh, brain and the speech areas. You know, we we say things like, I was speechless. You mm-hmm. know, that when we're in a state of terror and horror, et cetera, we don't have words. The reason for that is because it is that left uh, that is shutting down that is not available. And that is part of the reason why things end up being so traumatic, because we lose the part of us that is able to articulate and tell, tell ourselves a coherent story about what we've just yeah. experienced. You don't have the resources right. of your full, your whole brain. Right. And so because of that, that shutting down, the brain is disintegrated in the moment of the trauma. But if that happens repeatedly, yes. we get we get a, a deep down disintegration that is just sort of present all the time. Yeah, the a lack of communication. The neuroscientists actually call it. This is fascinating. They call mm-hmm. it dissociated parts. Yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yes. It is. We use that language we in do. psychotherapy. And I think in, it's the same thing. It is. Yes. yes. Yeah. But yes. there are actually structures in the brain that because of that patterning uh-huh. become less and less utilized. Uh, associated. Exactly. Yes. So yes. they dissociate mm-hmm. those parts. Mm-hmm. And you can see this in stroke victims where right. the brain, though it is not operating with the same interconnectedness that it once was prior to the, the, the lesion, afterwards the brain is still trying to produce the same amount of activity and production Mm -hmm. but it's clearly you know it's clearly off i remember when my my grandmother had a stroke on her left side and it was so frustrating for her this was only after the first stroke she went on to have many but after the first stroke her left the left hemisphere was significantly hindered in its Mm -hmm. ability to produce speech Mm -hmm. but she knew what she wanted to say that's right and so it was so hard to watch her just struggle Mm -hmm. with like she was speaking and you could tell in her eyes and her face that she said what she wanted to say Mm -hmm. in her mind Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. it came out as gibberish and yeah just not i mean not words put into Mm -hmm. into phrase and then even her writing she couldn't produce the thing Mm -hmm. but she'd point at it and be like do you see Mm -hmm. what this is yeah Mm -hmm. so this helps really make sense of how um the the brain can still try to rewire itself even though it's it's significantly hindered i go ahead i was gonna say and if we're approaching healing of trauma from a cognitive approach or a talk therapy approach 
we're not going we're going to get just the pieces of that there's going to be confusion mm-hmm. there's going to be i get that makes sense but it doesn't shift or change anything i'm still not That's able right. to work through this yes. and the wonderful thing with emdr is it is that integration it is how do we process this experience through both hemispheres to bring those together and to bring a full comprehensive understanding on a mind body emotional level yeah and that is what ultimately our goal is in healing that with was EMDR. one of the first sort of like light bulb moments um, that made me realize that we need to think deeper about psychotherapy mm-hmm. when I started learning about the disintegration of the brain um, because of trauma and mm-hmm. then asking that same brain then to participate in a talk therapy session right. it's like what yeah if you just think of what the brain is doing on the inside you know they may present a therapy and uh likely they're in a dissociated state but Mm -hmm. they present a therapy and you're like okay you're a person you should be ready to talk to me Mm -hmm. but then you start asking questions and you get this the mind shows you its cards Mm -hmm. of i don't know what happened or it starts telling you a story that is totally made up after the fact yes and it's, it's not that the person is lying. It's nothing like that. It's that our left brain, when it comes back online post-trauma, it does the best that it can to make yes. sense of the insanity that it just went through. Yes. And it will produce some kind of narrative. Yes. And But it's only, it's only based on the little bits and pieces that it can kind of put together yes. to try to make sense. And it'll fill in the gaps, right? Like to try to make it make sense. Yeah. And so sometimes when people come into therapy and they tell us their story and we're looking at them going, mm, that just doesn't quite make yeah. sense. Or it doesn't, it doesn't explain why you're doing what you're doing, feeling what you're feeling, behaving the way that you're behaving. And they'll even come up and come in with that confusion. Like, yes. I don't understand. Why do I do this? Why yes. do I keep feeling this way? And it's because of that disintegration. The left brain can tell a great coherent narrative but it has very little impact yeah. on the right brain experience. One of the things I, one of the stories or analogies that I'll tell, especially if I'm working with a parent, is um, it, it's as if you've left your child in a room for, you know, you just had to go to the bathroom, mm-hmm. and then you come back and it's chaos mm-hmm. in there, toys everywhere. It's a huge mess. <laughs> You're going, what happened? Yeah, what? I was gone I five was just, minutes. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was gone for literally seconds, and I didn't. Where did these toys? Go? I don't even know you had these toys. Uh-huh. Like, what is this thing? And why is it wet? Why? Why is why is everything wet? Right. <laughs> like the you know the 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 story then that the that the parent will try to create is right. okay. So we deal with the the mess maker first, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then okay, are you okay? Is everything you know mm-hmm. what happened? And um, but then we have all this wreckage to start processing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and well, we need to start putting things back in place. But once again. I don't know where this toy came from. I've never seen this before. Does this even belong to you? Yeah, did you take this from someone? <laughs> like, you know, where did this come from? So okay. that that can really start to help. And it brings levity to mm-hmm. a really hard conversation. Mm-hmm. But it, it can really help the person start to make sense of, oh, okay, so my brain is basically, my left brain is me in that scenario. Right. I left because... I needed to, right. you know, mm-hmm. I, I had to leave. Mm-hmm. And in a trauma situation, the left brain says, I can't handle it. So I'm right. going to check out and kick it over to the right brain, which right. is the child in that mm-hmm. analogy. And then the child just does what it has to do with mm-hmm. the things that are in the room. And then once the brain comes back together and the parent enters back into the room, now we have to try to make sense of what right. happened. And I want to make a distinction here. The left brain does not shut down only because of overwhelm. Correct. It shuts down because our biological imperative is survival. Yes. And the left brain is way too slow yes. 
and does not, um, it is not equipped to be our best survival mechanism. Our survival strategies live in our right brain and in our whole nervous system. It's the lightning fast reactions that we need to have in order to get out of the way of life threat. And so in the same way, that when you have to do something physically, your body will uh, signal the rest of your system and say, hey, will you like quit digesting lunch because I need to run right mm -hmm. now, right? So let's shut down this process in favor of this more important thing called survival. And our brain does the same thing. It takes all of the focus, all of the energy, all of the electricity, all of the blood flow and says, here, right brain, you take all the resources right now because survival is the most important thing. Yeah. It's not just because of overwhelm. It's about survival. And the reason why that's important to me is number one, sometimes clients come in and they have this feeling of I screwed up mm -hmm. because I wasn't able to stay in control in the midst of my trauma experience. Somehow this was my fault. Somehow this makes me weak. No, 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 no. That you are biologically wired to do yeah. it this way. The fact that your left brain shut down was the smartest, best option for you at the time. Yes, because mm -hmm. you're here talking to me today. Yes, yes. Yeah. And even just saying that is a left brain conversation, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So if we've done therapy and said, like, we talked about those things, or I've acknowledged that, I've right. told them that, or they'll say, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. That's the famous client's word, that makes sense. Yeah. But... It's not really until we get into reprocessing and the integration of that information with the body mm -hmm. and the emotions and how that's stored, yeah. mm -hmm. so, that comes back together and that the healing can happen. Right. So to me, it makes sense to go into when we actually start the bilateral stimulation, what is happening. I actually want to start before that. Okay. I, say, I want to start an assessment. I don't yeah. know what oh, I want to start even before that. Okay. Oh. So, so we'll what, <laughs> depending, depending on the way that we choose to do history taking with a client, because we've got mm. lots of options and we've talked about that. One of the ways that we do that is the float back and the float back or an affect scan, um, which is similar. That is specifically designed to access the information of the right brain. So when you have a cognitive conversation and say, tell me all the things that are connected to this, you get one list of targets and answers. And then we do the float back. And if you think about the questions in the float back, we have them close their eyes and we're activating their system. And what is happening is the right brain is waking up, coming on online and says, hey, here's this other mm -hmm. information that your left brain didn't have access to. And then we get a whole other list of targets. Yeah. That right there is one of the first times in EMDR that we really directly pursue the That's information that is in the right brain. Yeah. And then we go into assessment and do the same thing. Now, with that history taking with the flow back, I do. This is an interesting distinction. I forget that people aren't trained to do resourcing before history yeah not everybody more more people are yes. now but not everybody Which, is yeah just anyway <laughs> lots of opinions on that but uh when you're doing the flow back this is where you can start to get into waters that you're not prepared for mm -hmm. when the client you can see they're processing and you're in the flow back and then you get this like the mm -hmm. wide-eyed look yeah. and the the, the fear the where did that on, come like, from oh, yep because yeah. the right brain is offering up for the first time mm -hmm. something horrific yeah and it may not, your, the brain may not be able to make sense of it. And so right there when they're processing and they start to get that big reaction somatically, you can really see right there that the brain is starting to do its shutdown sequence again. Right. It's like, whoa, I don't know. This is, and that's a, that's a comment that you'll, that you'll hear is like, I don't know what's there, but I don't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I don't know. Or even if it's not that activating, they'll say things like, well, I don't, 
I'm like, I don't get why my brain is bringing this up. Like yeah, this doesn't seem connected. And what we say is, well, but if your if your brain's bringing it up, we're going to trust your system because what we're doing is we're yeah. leaning on the wisdom of the right brain to say, no, 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 this is connected somatically in yes. the nervous system. This is stored in the same way, similar enough that it's part of the network that you need to be working in in order to resolve mm-hmm. this issue that we were we were working with. Um, and so I think that, yeah, that can present in a lot yeah. of different ways, but that float back is really the first time that we sort of walk up and poke specifically at the right brain and say, tell us your stuff. Mm. Yeah. And then into assessment, we get all of the questions, right? We're asking them to mm-hmm. access an image. We're tapping into the right brain storage. Then we ask them to give a negative cognition. We're tapping into the left brain. Mm-hmm. And then we're asking them to rate that, which is still left brain. Where's the emotion? We're bringing in the right brain. Mm-hmm. Where do you feel it in your body? We're bringing mm-hmm. in the right brain. From the very beginning, we're not just going to just left brain, tell the story, what is the details, what happened, but we're really trying to activate and access this experience from both angles to then move into the processing That's of right. it. Yeah. 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 Well, so I'm curious when you guys think of interweaves for left versus right, what do you think of? I have a list. Actually, <laughs> oh, I prepared for this. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I don't know. Bridger, do you have any that first come to mind before I... Well, I, to me, I mean, I still like to talk about what the, you know, the bilateral stimulation mm-hmm. is throughout your processing. It's, the, the word force comes to mind, but that's, that's a bit too strong. It encourages or invites both hemispheres to participate mm-hmm. um, in the processing that's happening. So yes. even as the just the foreground for our conversation right now, the bilateral is a, you know, a really unique piece that EMDR utilizes because it is an encouragement to the person's system to stay integrated. Yeah, it prevents the shutdown sequence by keeping the limbic I, system calm. I still think encourages because I've you still get people that Shut they'll down. get dysregulated. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so it's not, not a guarantee. Yeah. yeah, it yeah. tries to prevent. There you go. Yeah. Yes. To me, I just think that that's such an important distinction mm-hmm. because this can change the way that you do you know tracking throughout your session of yes. where the person is. Yes. Um, if that processing, especially when they get stuck, for me that's always a okay, well, where have we been for the past 10 minutes or so? Mm-hmm. What led us to this point and what do they need in terms of their resources in the brain to get unstuck? Right. Um, so, yeah. So in in that way, I just like to have that as a foreground for your conversation. So, well, Jen, I think we're going to, our next episode, our intention is to dive deep into the research and the science yes. behind. Yes. Bilateral. Yes. Yeah. yes. Which will be great. It's a good segue. Great information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just planting a little, little teaser. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. With... Um, interweaves and guys feel free to jump in and Mm -hmm. add to this but some of our really common left brain interweaves that I think we we typically fall to a little bit too often right Mm -hmm. it's where we're we're comfortable Um, it is very similar Mm -hmm. to talk therapy but maybe sharing new information giving a fact statistics some psychoeducation powerful interweaves I'm not saying there's not um, significance behind them but that would be a left brain interweave mm-hmm. as well as any cognitive reframing, right? Yes. So something that we might do to reframe or um, So I am curious. Um, I still think that there are elements of insight 
and even in the reframe that you can invite, which we might get into this more in our next episode, so I don't mm-hmm. want to like get away from that, mm-hmm. but there are ways that you can integrate the brain even with those stereotypically left mm-hmm. brain-oriented yeah. inter- interweaves. Yeah. So. Well, the times where we may need the left brain-oriented yes. interweaves yeah. would be as a tool um, if we're stuck in the, mm-hmm. an emotion right. that mm-hmm. won't shift, that yeah. won't tra- change, yeah. mm-hmm. we may need to bring that in as a way to continue the integration yes. to happen or even as a stabilization, as a like coming back and, and stepping back away from the emotions enough to keep you regulated mm-hmm. yes. to where you don't go into a shutdown sequence. Yeah. Yes. yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think, you know, kind of to your point, Bridger, that sometimes we'll use these these left brain interweaves, but also trying to invite the yes. right at the same time. A lot of how we do that is with tone of voice, yeah. um, mm-hmm. with the way that we're showing up yeah. as the therapist, the kinds of words that we use. Yep. There's some words we're that are like- images, are we yes, using? Yeah. Yes, um, symbolism, things mm-hmm. like that. That's, that's the language of the right yes. brain oh, so cool. as interpreted by the left. That's right. right? Um, and so, when, when we're thinking that way, and this gets, you know, a little bit tricky, and I promise you guys we will talk a lot more about this because this is a thing that we're all very, very focused on. Yes. <laughs> um, but I think that, you know, being able to track your clients and understand, like, when they're looping or when they're stuck, are they stuck in the left, meaning that they're being very cognitive and they're not connecting with their body? then that probably means that I need to use an interweave that's maybe a bridge interweave that Mm -hmm. has a little bit of the left, but I'm starting to push towards the right. So Mm -hmm. that could sound something like, when you focus on that thought, what happens in your body, mm-hmm. right? That's a that's a left brain, but then reaching over to right brain. Yeah. It's focus a left on brain the knock thought. on the yes, right brain door. That's right. Yeah. When you focus on the thought, cognition, and then what happens in your body, right yeah. brain. And so, and sometimes we have to go the other direction because yeah. maybe they're stuck in their body sensation mm-hmm. and they're just like looping yeah. around that what sensation. Words and come to yeah, that. yeah, yeah. So when you focus on that body sensation, yeah. what words come to mind? Oh, okay. So now we're going from right brain experiencing into left brain narrative and the the goal is to not make our clients exclusively right brain that's not what we're trying to do we are doing integrative therapy emdr is an integrative whole brain therapy and so wherever they're stuck we're always looking for how can i use an interweave to help bring that whole brain integrated experience to what's happening right now um i would say other right brain interweaves Mm -hmm. ego state because ego state is very symbolic um, it invites a little bit of narrative to it, but we just get so much uh, sensation and activation in their body that to me it is a very, very right brain experience for most people. Yeah, really any imagery mm-hmm. that you can bring Symbolism. in. Yeah, mm-hmm. asking the, you're basically giving the brain permission to start populating an imaginative yeah. universe. That's right. That's and right. in processing their trauma, you know, the brain doesn't care mm-hmm. if it's exactly right, quote unquote, to, mm-hmm. to what was happening. You know, when you invite their older self to go, you know, into interacting with their younger self, the brain doesn't care that that didn't actually happen. Right. Mm-hmm. It's all about giving the, the, the brain the support that it needed to process mm-hmm. that in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think any of the resources, like calm place, continuous, oh, yeah. oh, the, the imagery. So vivid. And when we bring those into as an interweave, which we can do, mm-hmm. that would be a very right-brained type of inter- interweave mm-hmm. that yes. we can bring in. Yes. Yeah, I think anything that's body-based, you know, inviting the client to uh, move in a certain way, to try to express what they're, they're sensing in their body through a movement, that is a very, very right-brain experience. 
Um, there's some situations where we might use uh, touch, especially if mm -hmm. we're doing attachment-based EMDR and things like that. That is a right brain um, interweave. And so that, as you can see, there's probably you know tons and tons of options. But what we want you guys to be thinking about is when you're offering interweaves into their system, sometimes one of our hardest yeah. decisions is, well, which, which one? Which yes. one do oh, I, I use? That all right? the time. How do I know when it's right? And so this this is one of those questions that kind of helps us uh, figure that out on the fly. Is oh, okay? Does it feel like they're stuck in the left, or are they stuck in the right? Yeah, stuck in cognition or mm -hmm. stuck in feeling? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I can offer something to help them kind of integrate and bridge that gap over to the other yeah, side. Yeah. Interview should always be about integration and bridging. Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. think an important note to make here is that if your client processes very quickly all from a left brain place yes. mm -hmm. it's not done no we get that zero yep. they're gonna get the zero because they're activated in their left brain they're working through it's strictly left brain i actually think it can cause more disintegration yes absolutely. later we on encourage, it, absolutely it encourages yes. the disintegration yep. Ooh, so <laughs> <laughs> i think oftentimes with consultees will come to me and say like they just moved through it so quickly yeah. and all of a sudden it was just gone uh -huh. which that can genuinely happen in an integrated place like right. i have watched it move fast mm -hmm. but be checking in on the right to know you don't know mm -hmm. if it's fully cleared unless we have seen it shift from both places and use those interweaves as a way to check that and make sure that that processing yeah. is happening and that's why we always end with a body scan we yes. end with the body because by yes. ending with the body, we're ending in the right brain and making sure that it's cleared from their whole system mm -hmm. and not just their cognitive left brain self. That's yep. right. And mm -hmm. don't rush through the body scan. No, like, no, oh, take, I got everything else time. I needed. That means it's done. Yeah. The body scan should be clear. I'm guilty of this. Like, we did processing the whole session and then things are clearing up. It's good. It's good. Right. It's good. And then I'm just like, oh, God, we have like yep. 10 minutes. <laughs> Okay, uh, just scan, scan through the body. body and yeah. How do you feel? You're okay. pretty good? Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah. Clean <laughs> yes. it up. If, uh, you know, processing will continue. Yes. Just be mindful of that. Good to yes. see you later. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. I've got another yeah. session in like four minutes. So, yeah. <laughs> So we are going to continue talking yes. about this. This next episode we have planned will specifically go into the research around all of this. So I'm excited to share that. Before we close today, I do want to mention someone who we've talked about several times before, but it's been several months since we've mentioned her. Um, Catherine Keller is someone that Melissa and I met and worked with several months ago and has still been a part of our practice in helping us build the business that we have. Um, she's created our website. She's done a lot of marketing work with us. Um, and she has phenomenal resources to mm -hmm. offer. She currently, um, we've done some promos for her before, and she's at a place where 100% of the therapists that she worked with through that now have full so caseloads, cool. yeah. working caseloads. Um, and so she's kind of launching an, another program. And so I want to share with that with you guys a little bit about that. Um, this program, it's 90 days. The title is 90 Days to a Full and Enjoyable Workload. So if that title piques your interest, full and enjoyable. Those are key wow. words to they the workload. Both. Yes, yes. yes. So um, if that piques your interest, seek out more from her. She's been doing this for more than 10 years. Um, she's very skilled at what she does, and we can speak to that personally. And you guys can see our website and see it visually but she is a great just encourager, supporter, and has a lot of business experience um, and works with therapists specifically. She works with a lot of other people, but um, she's got specialty in this area. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested, she has space for a free consultation. Um, she's a very busy lady, so uh, it's first come, first serve if you want to jump in on that offer. 
30 minutes of just kind of conversing with her, figuring out what your business maybe needs and how she could support you, you can visit her site at www.katherinekeller.net backslash EMGR. And that's K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E-K-E-L-L-E-R. So go to that website, check her out, try to get on her schedule to do that free consult. And um, hopefully she'll be a big part in helping you build your business and finding that full, enjoyable caseload. Mm -hmm. And thanks so much, you guys, for listening. And we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Notice That, an EMDR podcast. We hope something you've heard today will help you help your clients. Find our latest episode and more on our Facebook page or on our website, emdr-podcast.com. And don't forget to add us to your RSS feed or follow us on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher so that you don't miss an episode. Please email questions and comments to notice that at emdr-podcast.com. From all of us here at Notice That, see you next time. Mm-hmm.